What's up, everyone? Casey Curry here. Uh, we are on episode nine of Where To Next. Uh, this time, I got a very special and unique two-wheel guest. Uh, we are heading to Dakar in less than a couple days, and we have Ricky Brabeck with us. Ricky, thank you so much for coming on the podcast here at Casey Curry Motorsports, and uh, I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, first time at the shop, and, you know, you showed me around. It's pretty rad. Thank you, man. We... Uh, so I'm just going to dig right in, dude. We are uh, going to Dakar. Obviously, you've raced it multiple times. You've gotten stage wins. You've done very, very well. Uh, myself, I've never done any of it. Uh, I know nothing about Dakar as far as I've done Peru. I've gone to Morocco. But for my audience, my biggest thing that we're trying to teach everyone is like, you know, wh where we're going, what we're doing. Obviously, it's 2019. Uh, no one's been there yet it's a new course you're not allowed to pre-run so can you kind of just give the audience like i mean what is dakar for you uh yeah you know you've never been to dakar uh you race in peru the three days the three-day rally um all of the the dakar is going to be more or less the same like that that same area we're going to be in i think for three days or something so it'll be pretty familiar um like casey said you're not allowed to to pre-run uh, you just get road books the night before you mark it up and you kind of just go wing it um that's what's unique about rally uh there's no pre-running there's you know there's not even you can't even go ride in that area unless like yeah, we did illegal it's illegal now to be down there pre-running or if you Riding. go scout right now it's totally illegal yeah yeah you can get dq'd and you can possibly get banned for like two years i believe wow so it's yeah it's pretty intense um and you know you, the Dakar is not it's not Baja what we're what we come from uh it's not you know king of the hammers obviously but uh yeah it's multiple days um of terrain you have no idea what you're going over um you know this year's only in Peru so it's gonna be a lot of sand dunes I think two or three days maybe hard packed but a majority of it is giant dunes now when you like for everyone that's going on like just it's even when you get to the car as far as like i mean I'm, i want to know myself so like we, we fly in on january 2nd and like the days are filled with like media and registration and all this other thing i mean how gnarly is it i mean we go to baja we have one day contingency and it's like done you kind of yeah, drive yeah. your car through it's, i mean what do i mean what what is it like it looks like there's a podium deal and there's thousands of people and it's insane yeah uh you know you fly in maybe i, I don't know with your team but with my team we have like a rest day, you know, from traveling. Uh, it's, it's not a close flight, you know, we're on the plane for a while. Um, you know, scrutineering is basically like signups or, um, you know, just like registering your vehicle. That takes eight hours, it takes a full day. Um, you know, there's a lot of media for sure. Um, on the rest day, when you think you get, you get a day to rest, <laughs> no, it, it's media. like media, it's cameras, it's, you know, journalist, it's kind of not really a rest day. Um, you know, in the beginning, when you get there, there's gonna be a lot of people trying to talk to you and you're just, you're trying to zone them out. You know, you want to get ready. You, you need to, you need to get in the game. And, um, it's kind of hard to get in the game when people just keep bugging you and bugging you. And you're trying to get all your stuff straight. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's, I mean, is it gnarly? Like as far as when you put the car on the podium and stuff like that, is that a huge, I mean, just the one we did in Peru, it took like five hours to get the car up onto the podium. It's like, there's only a couple hundred entrants. It's like, is this going to be a gnarly 20 hour day of just waiting your turn to get up there and take pictures? 
No, man, no. The Dakar, everything's like on a time. Um, oh, they're, really? Yeah, they're really strict. You you can only go get your car at a certain time, and you have to leave at a certain time. Uh, you go on the podium. Dude, they're freaking, <laughs> the whole town of, of Lima is there. There's thousands of people there. And then you have to transfer from Lima to wherever we're going. Dude, the freeway is lined with people. Like, people are pulling over on the freeway, barbecuing. With their easy ups, their the overpasses that you go under, just lined with people waving flags. Uh, no it's, way. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's pretty intense. There's freaking thousands of people out so there. So, there are times when we're racing that, like, we'll actually like when we're not racing, but we'll be in whatever you call it, just going down the highway on a untimed section that there's just people on the highway. Oh yeah, they yeah, because I somehow they know where we're going. I think the organization kind of tells the the towns or the villages. You know, hey, uh, on this day, don't go on the roads or don't do anything stupid. But, yeah, on the transfer stages or even in the stage when you're going to the village, dude, it's lined up with people. You know, it's it's almost like the Baja contingency, <laughs> but, like, in the middle of the race. So crazy. Yeah, that, that I mean, the photos you see in the videos, I've, I've been trying to watch YouTube as much as I can to, like, get myself prepared here. Like, it's one of those things that – I mean, there's been like four or five Americans ever to go over and do it in like in a successful way that makes it where you're like, okay, it's not like I can just go talk to any of my friends here. I mean, yeah. obviously between you and you know now Andrew Shortsman helped me out and uh, Bryce. Obviously, he didn't have a good run, but I mean, just all his experiences, like just trying to get as much as I can. It, I mean, it's gnarly. And the other thing about it is like the food thing, like bivouac or i mean are you living on the i mean my goal i guess is or not my goal my team is we're living on the bivouac basically every day except for rest day i think we're going to a hotel is that yeah, pretty yeah. normal yeah no most everybody lives in the bivouac um but on the rest day yeah the riders usually get a nice hotel you know only until about nine in the morning and then we're back at the bivouac doing you know media stuff but uh yeah you're in the bivouac dude from start to finish um, the food? food, the food can be sketchy. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure though. You guys might have a cook or something. I don't even know. We but don't know yet, but do you, <laughs> if you guys have a cook, I'll be over there. But <laughs> now the food is tough. Um, it's either like, well, well cooked meat, just like to the point where it's dry. Um, you know, I don't know if you drink or not, but they offer like wine and beer every night. So really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the guys drink wine with dinner. Um, the line for food is freaking insane. It's like really long. Briefings, eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night, and it's, it, so, dude, it's it's the race where you race for ten days on no sleep. Just go the whole time. Go go yeah, and then when you're on the plane home, you're done. That's, I mean, now as far as motorcycle goes, like yeah, I can't. I mean, dude, I'm driving a UTV that's four wheel drive, light, made to go in the sand, and like, I'm freaking out. I can't imagine riding. I mean. As far as the training and testing, you guys go to get yourself ready for this. I mean, is there a way that like, I mean, is there a way to be as prepared? I mean, do you feel that you're prepared as you could ever be? Or is there more that people do? Uh, you know, this year I feel really prepared. Uh, I've put a lot of time, time into training. Um, but I, I don't know what people do. You know, obviously for me and you, for us to go training is a little bit easier than everyone else because yeah. we live in, in the desert. I mean, I live yeah. in the desert, but. I'm 30 you, minutes away. Yeah, you could yeah. drive to the desert. It's really close. Um, but, yeah, I feel prepared. I don't know what those other guys do. Um, you know, I know a lot of them don't ride for the month of December just to kind of. So gnarly. Yeah, but I don't know what's what's <laughs> gnarly. Riding a bike or 
driving a UTV because you're going to have a guy screaming at you telling you yeah, where to go like, yeah. and you're going to be like double guessing. Or... Well, I don't even know who he is yet. Oh, that's even better. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, my first time I get to meet him will be in Peru. January 3rd. January 3rd. That's literally <laughs> the first time I get to meet him. But uh, yeah, like I, that, yeah. My whole co-driver situation obviously got down to the wire and we finally got, it sounds like we got a good guy. He's done it like 20 times, an older gentleman. And uh, that's good, I, though, I figure as long as we're not a front front, like as far, I mean, if, if I can be in the top 10 through 30 overall, like four wheel vehicle, then like I'm hoping that there should be a pretty good line in the sand. Yeah, but sometimes that line is not the fastest line. I know. <laughs> so now that's a whole nother thing. Like as far as the rules and regulations go, like I like just so people know, like when you start in the morning, every I mean, basically from the time your bike leaves the bivouac till the bike gets back in the bivouac you're i mean there's t- you you have to do everything right otherwise you're penalized yeah yeah you have to be on your minute or on your time uh no even if you're not is- racing like even if you're like ba- you leave the bivouac and be- the race could start 30 or 100 miles away and you have to you have to be there, you at, have a to be there at a certain time yeah but that's not the tr- i mean that's tricky but if you think about it um the mechanics and like the motorhomes, all that has like a, they call it a trippy, which is like a GPS. So they have also roadbooks that they have to follow to get to the next bivouac. They can't speed. Really? Uh, they have, yeah, they have a special time. They, yeah. So everyone, everyone that's in the Dakar is on time. So even the mechanics, when they leave the bivouac, they're on like a time to get to the next bivouac. So they go as like, I mean, is it one big freight train of trucks and stuff going yeah. on the road? Yeah, yeah. And then even for racers, once you leave the bivouac, if the if the truck route or the the mechanics route isn't the same as the bike route, you don't get you you can't get assistance. But if if the bike route or the car route is the same as the mechanic route, you they can, can follow you or something. They can follow you and you can get assistance. But huh. as soon as you turn off that route, you can't get assistance. So you have to be really careful of like managing your equipment. Yeah, yeah. And now I'll, that's another thing I want to talk about is the. Uh, like for people that don't know what marathon stages, obviously I've only done it once now and I was sleeping in a tent <laughs> with my co-driver that I never knew. But like, I mean, that let's, I explain what marathon stage is and why we have a double, it's like, it says double marathon stage one day. And then mar- it's like two times we're not allowed to, it's like we have to do something twice in one day. Then we sleep out in the desert. Then we come back. Oh, wow. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I've never even heard of that. But um, as far as what, what, like, t- explain to what a marathon stage is, just so people who, like, can understand what we have to do. Yeah, no, the marathon stage, I like it, you know, I'm, I'm really conservative with my equipment, so for me, it's not a really a big deal, but the marathon stage, for people I don't know, is we race two days, and we sleep out in the middle of the desert with no assistance, so realistically, you have to make your, your car, your bike, your trash truck, whatever you're racing, has to go two days on no prep, uh, no spare. Well, I mean, in, in a side-by-side, I think you can carry a couple spares. Yeah, not a lot, but yeah. So, but it doesn't matter. You, you yeah. have to fix it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no assistance for two days, uh, and you're sleeping in the middle of nowhere. So you have to make your vehicle start, say, on a Monday morning, and you have to make it last until like a Tuesday evening when you return. And, and it's the, like 600 miles, like 300 maybe, miles each way. Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think the longest day is like 350 kilometers, which isn't very long. Is it, is it shorter than it normally is? Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, I mean, this Dakar is only in Peru and Peru's not very big. 
Yeah. And it's only 10 days. See, the, the only thing I've done, the, the longest li- whatever liaison or whatever I've done is like an hour. Uh, I don't think there's going to be long liaisons here. No? I don't think so. Maybe on the first day and maybe a little bit more down towards rest day, I think. But so, Oh, just so everyone knows, a liaison is basically where you're, you have a time, you're a speed limit while racing, basically. Like you're down the highway. Down the highway. You're yeah. not allowed to speed. And if you, the difference between racing and Baja is like, they say, okay, at 37 miles an hour, it'll start beeping. And, you know, at, you know, if you do it for a couple seconds, we'll, you know, massage it. It's like yeah, yeah. in the car, it's like, if you speed by 0.01, minute. it's a minute. Yep. Like every second is a minute. That's, it's so, there is no gray area. Like that, it's so funny. You, li- you go to the driver's meetings and, uh, and score in Best on Desert and, you know, they talk about speed limits. And, yep. you know, if you speed, oh, just be careful and get it whoa down. But there's no like, Look, every second is a minute. Yep. It's super easy. So, like, that liaison section can – you could throw away a race and a liaison for sure. You could throw – yeah. You could throw away the race and the liaison. You could throw away a race and, like, a speed control zone if you – because even with the speed control zone, like, during your special, yeah. you could you could be hauling ass into <laughs> the speed zone. And if you try slowing down, like, a little bit too late and you slide into the speed zone at one kilometer over – yeah, that's a minute. Oh, it's so gnarly. Yeah, you can't even say, "Oh, but I was slowing down." There's none of that. Like you have to, you have to slow. You have to be 90 meters. You have to slow down from 75 miles an hour to 30, and it's not as easy as it looks because obviously you hit the brakes and you just slide faster than what you just were going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to really give yourself some space. Yeah, see, that's that's a whole nother thing. Is that the how you like the navigation, right? You get a note, you get a, a road book and in the road book, it has all the instructions of what you're doing for the day. There's absolutely no GPS at all. No red line, no triple cautions. Mm-mm. And then on top of that, then like there's hidden waypoints and then there's visible waypoints. And that's like, to me, that was like, what's, what's frustrating is that like you, he would be calling out like a, a, a hidden waypoint, but it's not doing thing to like, that I'm sitting there waiting for like an arrow or, or a ping, or, a ping nothing. or nothing. And he'll be like, okay, you got it. It's like, yeah, but dude, give me some sort of warning. Make me feel good or something. He's yeah, like, dude, make- <laughs> I just want to achieve, I want to achieve something. It's feel like I've been driving for five hours with knowing nothing. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing that's like, what's so crazy about going to cars. Like if, if there's like six, you know, sections of the road book that before a waypoint, it's like, man, it's like, all right, drive 20 miles to these sand dunes or 20 kilometers to these sand dunes. Then, turn right, drive 15 kilometers to these sand dunes, then hop on this road and drive on the road for 10 kilometers. And at that right-hand turn, that's a waypoint. It's like, okay, yeah. what happens if I got lost on the first sand dune section? Yeah, no, you're, yeah. If you get lost, <laughs> that's what's hard is when they put the hidden waypoint, you know, after some sand dunes, you have to really like mark that because you have to really be spot on with the notes before. Like you said, it's, you can get lost in the sand dunes, go a little bit too much on, on your cap on one side, and then now you can't find the road where the freaking waypoint C is, and then now you're going back in the sand dunes for no reason. Yeah, it's snarly. It's now control. it's like I, obviously you don't have to get too deep, but like I mean, as far as like being first on the road and being uh, like where to start and like is there? I mean, I know we people talk about strategy, but I mean, do you guys have strategies of when you want to be more aggressive and less aggressive? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's days where there's days where it's like, Hey, you got to go up front because it's going to be dusty tomorrow 
or hey, tomorrow is going to be really tricky. So, you know, stall a little bit so that way you start yeah. more back. Because that is that hard for, I mean, have you ever been the first bike? Like, yeah. You, how gnarly is that? Well, before I was like sweating bullets, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm starting first. There's no lines. But after training, you know, the last four weeks, starting first is actually, I think, easier because there's no lines. Like You pick your fast line now. Well, not only that, but you're not like, because when you're first, you're looking at your roadbook and you're looking out here and you're just doing your own thing. But when there's lines, you look at your roadbook, you look out here, and now there's lines that go every direction. So now you're like second guessing yourself. But with no lines, you're just doing your own thing. And I feel like it's a little bit easier. Huh, that's a... I actually never thought about that. When we uh, in Peru on the last day, I was the first car on the first car on the road, and you guys, your your sandy lines were absolutely terrible for a four wheel vehicle. Like I, <laughs> I literally that was like, that's another whole thing. Peru sand dunes. I like you can go to Glamis, you can go to Dumont, you go to Oregon, you go to Michigan. I mean, you can do anything you want to do. Like that, the last day of Peru, we were in these sand dunes that have pockets. That I mean, you drop over a dune and there's eight pockets that'll swallow a car. Like, yeah. and the dirt bikes, dude, they just ride on the edges of of six pockets that'll swallow UTV. And here I, I was out there by my. Now once you get off the line, you think it's super. It'd be way easy to fall off one dune sideways. All right, no problem. I'll go down, then I'll come back up, and you come back up where you think the dirt bikes should be, and boom, no tracks. Oh, okay. You know, obviously now you're like, Coach, where am I going? He's like, I'm pretty sure it's straight. It's like. There's no dirt bike trails anymore. Yeah. Like they turned somewhere. But at least, at least for you guys, like in a car, because I've thought about it. If you're doing your best you can to, to follow like a dirt bike line, not follow, but like always yeah. know where it's at. When you get off the dirt bike line, just always know that it's like to your right or it's to your left. So that way, if you end up going through the dunes and you're lost, as long as your navigator is not like going to miss a note and like know that you have to turn and he forgets that note and you just keep going straight. Oh yeah, you turn always, to the right, and he'll know that. Like if we left the tracks, if we left the tracks to just make a beeline to the right, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. always know where. If you leave the dirt bike track, always know what side you left it on, so you know where okay. the dirt bike track is later if you can't find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if the navigator doesn't realize that strategy, and we make a different a ninety degree turn, and he doesn't see it, and you're just still going uh, the wrong way, I mean, yeah. That could be bad, but yeah. See, I don't that like that's what's so gnarly is like I don't even know where we're gonna be at. Like, I mean, we beat the mini and the Ford and the Toyota at Peru, but I mean, dude, obviously, he, I mean, well, he finished fifth, but it's like, all right, but I don't. Hopefully, I'm hoping. Well, I want to win the damn thing overall. Let's be real. But I'd just rather go like six days of like, okay, I get, I get what's going on here. Yeah, and I, I don't know. In my past, I've always started out slow because you know I want to like. I'm, well, like I said, I've never really trained for this. So I've always started out slow and like, you know, every day was like 10th or 9th or 12th. <laughs> but here, it's only 10 days. So you have to really come out strong. So, yeah. yeah. Because in 10 days, I mean, 10 days is not a lot when the Dakar is 15 days, the real Dakar, because in five days, a lot can happen, you know? Yeah. Um. So, you know, the Dakar is realistically like three rallies. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, 10 days, you have to come out strong. And I think the first day is going to be really important. See, that's funny you say that because, like, one of my biggest things that I, I did wrong on both even when I went to Peru and Morocco was, like, dude, in an off-road race, like, all right, get the seatbelts in. Like, all right, first 20 minutes, like, I'm just going to get in my groove. Yeah, yeah. And, like, dude, the, like, the top, even the UTV teams, obviously, they're professional drivers. And, like, 
they'll literally, I mean, it's like, all right, they're going to run at 80% today. And it's like when, as I mean, green light goes and they're at 80% right then and there, boom. And it's like, <laughs> Casey, you lost three minutes on the first half of what happened. I was like, dude, the only thing I did was in the first 20 minutes, I just was like 50. Warming up. Yeah, I was just getting my groove. And they're like, I don't know, dude, 80 from the beginning. Like, what do you mean warm up? Like, dude, it's. Go and at the end of the time section, then you can cool off or you yeah. know to the start line warm up. But it's like when it's go time, you even if it's if you're gonna have a seventy percent day, like you drive at seventy percent all day. Don't yeah. warm up. I'm like oh, I don't uh, okay. don't pick and choose yeah. your seventy percent. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. So not, but it's just crazy. Like because in Baja, like dude, a thousand miles, you know, like yeah, you can you can push harder, but there on a day that. I mean, a 150 kilometer day, like, or 300 kilometer day, dude, you shave five minutes in the beginning, you're running hard the whole day. Yeah. And that's what's freaking that, like, oh man, that, that is a whole nother thing. Like, for myself, like, even strategy, like, or looking at it, like, I, I know nothing, but then it's like, read and like, day two is gonna be the gnarly day. So it's like, all right, do you go mash it in qualifying to be in the front for day one? Like, yeah. It's so yeah. gnarly. Well, for that, you have to, you have to mash the day one. And then, or the prologue. Pro, yeah, mash the prologue. Yeah, and then start more, le- like, for us, for the bikes, we could pick where we want to start if we do good. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah, like the first 15 bikes, the first fastest 15 bikes in the prologue can pick where we want to start. Wherever you want to start. Yeah. So. Oh, no way. Yeah, so it's a big fight, you know, on the prologue. But. Um, yeah, I don't think we have that option. I think we're literally like wherever we qualify, we qualify. The only good thing is we get to go in with the cars and the big trucks. So that way we don't have to, we're not behind them all. I think, and I think on, I forgot what day it was, but like the first, the top 10 overall on oh, time. Oh yeah, I saw that. Get start like in as order. they're, yeah, in order. So sometimes dude, like if a mini's killing it or like a trash truck's killing it, they'll start freaking third or something. So gnarly. Yeah. Then that's you're just ripping I mean. through the standings, passing trash trucks. See, that's what's so gnarly. That's a whole nother thing. And I'm like, Dude, get stuck at the bottom of doing all of a sudden you have some freaking monster truck coming over the other side, not <laughs> yeah. knowing what's at the bottom. <laughs> Dude, that's the sketchy thing about being in the back. Like even we were on the, uh, in Peru on the sec, you know, like we were doing the on the last lap that we got, we did a two laps. Like, yeah. dude, all the people you're passing, you're like, dude, this is nothing compared to the car. If there's gonna be so many people that like the trails going everywhere, it's like at what point do you go over a hill and there's six cars just chilling down there that you can't get around? Yeah, no, I think. Uh, how Peru was where we were going like uh, two loops, kind of like two of the same loops, but a little bit different. I think the Dakar's gonna be like that because yeah. I think we're in some bivouacs for two nights in a row. Yeah, I think so as well. So, so. it's gonna be tricky, and there's gonna be cars friggin' scattered around, dude. Is it gnarly? Yeah. There, I mean, see, that's what I hear is that there's people just broken down and stuck everywhere. Well, there's like 572 entries, so just imagine like <laughs> 572 vehicles out in the dunes on. On like a 300 kilometer loop. Yeah, there gonna be cars <laughs> everywhere. Hey, that's gnarly. Uh, yeah, I'm body uh, parts. But yeah, no kidding, right? And then what? What else is there? So we got uh, as as far as the uh, the race goes. Like, do, I mean, when when you go there, where like do you know where people in the United States can even watch at? Like, where where is the places to go? I know there's like Dakar.com. There's an app. There is an app. Yeah, there's there's a really good app. Um, I'm not sure what it's called. My parents dig it. Uh, really? a, lot, a lot of people dig it. Um, you know, usually when I get there, I post like the app. Um, but I'll do like the same my, thing. Yeah, my parents went actually last year and just pencil necked around the dunes in their little rental car. 
No pretty, way. Yeah, it's pretty rad. My dad's going, but he's like, he's he's like, I he don't want to miss it. If this is a one shot opportunity, he's like, I'm I'm going to see it. So he's gonna he's gonna actually drive. I ship down my big truck, and uh, he's gonna drive it for me. All right. So he'll be in the bivouac every Yeah, night. he'll be in the bivouac. Oh, so wow. your parents just went and hung out. Yeah, they rented a car, dude. Freaking went to the dunes, slept in the car. What? Yeah, full gypsy. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's sketchy because that, that, there's some sketchy areas in there. Yeah. No, but. It, That's rad, though. Yeah. I they mean, enjoy it? Oh, they loved it. They loved it. That is gnarly. So you, no bivouac then. They just went and hung out. Yeah, I got them in the bivouac a couple times, but yeah, they just did their own thing. Got a room. Freaking pencil necked around, fought, chased like the liaison, you know, were driving behind me. That's rad. Yeah, went out to the sand dunes. That is sick. Huh, that's pretty dope. I, uh, that's one thing, like, not knowing anything. It's so hard to, like, tell people, oh, you should come. and Because yeah, yeah. then it's like, oh, if they want to go in the bivouac, it's, it's expensive. Grand. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> and if you want to eat the food, it's expensive. And, oh, well, you, you want to hang out for a couple hours? Ten grand. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> The mo- the money thing is insane. The the entry fees are insane. What it costs. And we're over here bitching about. I know. Baja. Yeah. Four thousand dollars. No kidding. It's 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 just that's the hard thing. Is like it's such a different ball game of like, it's just nothing alike, like nothing alike. Yeah. No. I, those guys throw money around like it's. Yeah. Grows on trees. Big time. So now, as far as your other your like even for your teammates and stuff like that, do you get to ride with your teammates often? No. I no. They all live in, you know, South America and Spain. So I, I just do my own thing out here with Johnny, and you know, I, I buy road books from Jimmy, and just I do my own thing, dude. I don't really go out there and bother them, and I don't really care to go out there because it's like for me to go out there and come home, you lose like three days of traveling yeah. just just doing that, and then you know the jet lag, then going out there and like l- dealing with their problems. I rather just stay home and work with Johnny and work with Jimmy and do my own road books around here. Cause for me or for us, it's, it's more convenient. We don't have to buy a plane ticket. Yeah. We don't have to pack our bags. We, we pack our gear bag for a week and we go yeah. drive somewhere. We go drive three hours away and we stay for a week. It's yeah. for us. It's easier to stay here. Now is Johnny pretty good at doing this. I, I know that Johnny's been with Robbie. Did he ever do it on bikes? Yeah. Johnny did it, did it a couple times on bikes. Did it gnarly. So yeah. is he, does, I mean, is he a good coach in that? So I know he's a gnarly team owner and knows exactly what, I mean, does he, he can handle business as far as a coach? Yeah, yeah. No, he's a good mentor. That's sick. Yeah. So is he going to go over? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's going to be driving my motorhome with me. Oh, no um, way. Next year, he's going to be kind of like my, my helper. Yeah. So he'll be at all the rallies next year. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, dude. That, that's like the hardest thing that I don't have yet at all. Like, obviously, I'm learning more and more about this, but it's like, Dude, just having a right-hand man that you can, like, fall back on and be like, is this good? Yeah. Good? Am okay? I doing this right? Yeah. Am I doing the, you know, like, a lot of the things that you prepare for, like, are wrong. Like, you know I mean? I just had, I mean, for example, dude, on the, it, when I went to Morocco and the, they did a land restart, instead of starting in the back and passing everyone, like, I, dude, full shotgunned Juice. it. And, <laughs> ju- yeah, I thought I could win it 100 feet in and totaled my car. Yeah. Like, dumb. Like, and it's like the only thing about it is like, I do just having that mentorship. Like, somebody being like, dude, you're faster than them. Just take your time, study. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do it. Like, somebody just in the back of your head kind of chiming in. Like, but it's obviously learning it, right? Cause I mean, I, Robbie's called me and talked to me a little bit on the phone. And, you know, obviously he's gnarly, but I mean, he, he still has good, uh, 
ideas as far as to do what to do, but major, major, major learning curve. Like, and that's what's so gnarly for myself is like, dude, forget even the rally. It's like, dude, just the learning, the, the rules, where am I, like, where am I sleeping? Yeah. What am I doing every day? Like, Oh, you everything, you know, here, everything, you know, racing here, just throw it away. Yeah. You have to learn completely the opposite of how we'd race <laughs> and to race there. Like really it's, that's how it is. Like it's all, it all seems backwards. Yeah. And I then know. you go over there and you have like no friends. That's I mean, if you, if you bring some, some guys from your crew, which is good. Dude, my first year in rally, I brought no one. I was just like by myself, no Americans. Yeah. It sucked, but it, I could see that's like, that was like, yeah, dude, the, the language barrier, like yeah. my team is from Portugal and the team owners from South, South, uh, where's it from? South Africa. So like I got, we got major language barriers. So like for us, dude, first the organizations, what French yeah. and then my team is from Portugal. And then, so it's like, you're sitting there like, all I get is like, I only know English. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm barely, I can barely speak English, but it's like crazy. Cause you sit there and you're like, dude, I mean, I can get enough words out and they understand enough to get the car dialed in. But then after that, it's like, all right, like just going to go sit in my hotel room. Like, yeah. Sit in your hotel room and watch French TV. Yeah. That's like, that is what's crazy, dude. Is that just like, like yourself, which is give mad kudos. Cause Obviously, I've watched it on TV, and, like, in America, like, they really promote the Americans going over, and, like, dude, you don't see anything. You just show up to the finish line. It's, like, an easy day of riding dirt bikes, right? You had a good day. You had a bad day. You you went out. You rode and, and had a good day, and it's, like, dude, all the stuff behind the scenes of obviously getting to yeah. go over there, and then just even like that, like, sitting there in a, in a room full of people that don't speak English, you got to go to these meetings that even those are broken English, if at all any English. And then they're trying to tell you you got to change the road books and oh you, we're gonna make a change not yeah. make a change. No yeah. one no one here understands. No, they it, only see it's like it's like social media. They only see the yeah. They oh, only see the good yeah. stuff. It 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 is. It, not, that was like one of the things like even for you know my, the podcast is just trying to explain to people like so that way people can get more into it. Like if, whether you ride a dirt bike, a UTV, or want to drive a trophy truck over there, like to go do it. Like, that's why I think Sonora is like the, per I, to me, I was hooked after Sonora. Yeah. I think Darren Skelton does a great job, like teaching it, like, and, and really kind of putting on the map as far as like how fun this could be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know the people that, that watch the rallies on TV here in America, but they don't, yeah. Like you said, they, they see the finish line. Yeah. They see the start podium, <laughs> but they don't see behind the scenes. Like they don't see, what goes on in the bivouac or what goes on in the motorhome. Yeah. They don't see the language barrier at all. You know, the, the well, TV makes like, it look easy. Yeah. And just like you're saying, like to me, I thought you get, you know, you wake up at six 30 every day, ride from eight to two 30, go sit in a hotel. And, easy day. And, yeah. That, I mean, that's like, and it's like, Oh, there's days you're going to be at four 30 or five. And then the day, okay, you're going to get done roughly six o'clock at night. You got to do the briefing at 8 PM. We'll do a little team debrief at 9 p.m. It's like, whoa, 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 dude, if I'm going, I mean, that puts me in bed at 11, up at 4. Yeah, no, we're, exactly. Wait a minute, that we're doing that every day? Yep. Every day. Oh, wait a minute, that's not. That's not enough sleep for, yeah, this, no, for this two-week yeah. race. Oh, and, you, we're, and we're driving. It's like, because it's over, it's almost 2,000 miles of special stages, meaning like actual race miles. Which, yeah. Dude, you start adding up all the miles. Like, all right, we're doing basically a ball 500 every day for 10 days in a row. Mm -hmm. So all the planning and logistics, car prep, everything is like. The Baja 500 every single day for 10 and days. And you don't know the logistics until you're finished with 
yeah. with the day because yeah, the next day is completely different. Like you said, the road book can change. Now you're in your motorhome cutting and taping <laughs> a road book at 10 p.m. Oh, it's so gnarly. Just so you don't get lost on the next day. And nah, it's, that's what sucks about the TV. No one, no one sees that stuff. Yeah. And then they see us riding or driving and we look like goons out there just driving <laughs> in the sand dunes like we're going slow, but we're not. It's not like a Sunday cruise. We're like really yeah. trying to race and navigate. And I don't know. It's, it's a different perspective from the, from the couch. For sure. Now, as far as for like, even for on a bike, I mean, dude, I like, I'm very spoiled in the car because I don't really have to pay attention to the road book actually at all. <laughs> I'm pretty spoiled in that aspect. But, uh, dude, on a bike, like, obviously you're riding a dirt bike. You got buttons on your left hand. You know, your left hand, you got buttons that's changing and scrolling your paper. I mean, like, yeah. does it ever get to be where you're like looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up to the point where you're like, dude, I'm on the wrong. I mean, how, like, all the time. All the time. I mean, if the notes are really quick, or like close together, yeah, you're freaking, you're looking down more than you're looking up. Um, if you miss a note, then now you're scrolling back in the road book and trying to remember what you had already done. Now you're trying to look at your mileage, and now your mileage is off. Dude, it's just like a bad math equation. It's it's horrible. <laughs> that's funny. How Like, that's, I want to just, how often do you think riders or even drivers, I mean, do you does everyone turn around often, or do the most people just have to slow down to regroup? Like, do you think it happens often where there's like legitimately, oh my God, turn around. I got to go back. Like it's happened to me before. Shit. I mean, it, only, it <laughs> happened at Peru. Like, uh, I do. We drove backwards three times, but it was like sitting there going like, dude, does everyone do this? Like, obviously we won and we did it. It's like, but I mean, is that, is that just how it goes or days where you're just like, I'm just got to turn around and go back and reset. Yeah. No, I, I think it happens to everyone, dude, for oh. sure. It's not because if you think about it, there's no markers. There's barely any, and the sand dunes, dude, there's no landmarks. No. You're just, the dunes are white. <laughs> so to, to turn around and go back, dude, it, it happens. I mean, it, we're not following arrows. We're not following ribbon. We're not following, I mean, we're trying not to follow people because people don't know, you know, you can't be too sure. If, if they're on the right course. Yeah. So it, it's, it's like, it's a bad math equation, like driving on the 91 freeway, texting. It's, yeah, it's out of control. Good. That's good right there. Like. It is that, I mean, even to myself, it just, cause even like on the liaison, it's so easy to get lost. Like, dude, yeah. In the villages. Uh, yes. When they're telling you to go turn left on some road and you pass it and you think you go down the next one, it's dead. End. I mean, we ha have enough. So it's, yeah. It's dude. just gnarly. But <laughs> People are pointing you the wrong direction. You're like, no, my arrow says straight. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's gnarly. So after, so after the car for you, like, I mean, as far as rallies go, I mean, what what does I mean? What what's your 2019 look like as far as doing for rallies? I have a rally deal until like 2021. So after Dakar, um, I'm gonna do the World Rally Championship. Oh really? Yeah. So I'll do like five rallies next year, and with HRC, and then I'm gonna race here in America with Johnny. So I have a pretty full year next year, That's and cool. I think we're gonna we're gonna try to get back to the Mint 400 because bikes haven't been there in like. 30 or 50 years something like that that would be sick yeah so as far as rally what is the most epic place to go for rally like i'm obviously new i'm trying to figure out like where we're going next year i i mean if you were to go like one place that besides the riding's epic but also that just like the area um argentina's rad uh the route of 40 is pretty rad it's like it's like uh racing in mexico but smooth no way yeah Oof. it's rad um africa's cool because it's it's rough. It's like Barstow. Yeah. So a little bit more comfortable. 
I mean, you were already in Africa. Yeah, I've done Af- I liked Africa. But I, you well, did Merzuga. Yeah, I did Merzuga. So the, I like Africa, except like it, the only thing for me was driving nine hours yeah. through the middle of the night. <laughs> to like, food? To, yeah. <laughs> wasn't, I wasn't like the most comfortable thing. I was like, I literally, dude, on the way, like we flew it, got out of the airplane, got on a car for nine hours, following a GPS because our phones have no cell phone service. Yeah. I, I was like, dude, I was so close to being like, done. I'm turning around and going back. I don't want to do this. Too gnarly. Yeah. It was so, I mean. Just getting to the race. Just getting to the race. It was, dude, you drive to those towns and, I mean, you don't know who's, you know, in your mind, you think everyone's bad because you're scared and nervous. And <laughs> little white kid running around here in a rental car with luggage and tools. And it's like, yeah, not, this is gnarly. Africa's cool. The the rally you did, the Merzuga one, it's okay. Um, is the Morocco one better? The Morocco one's better. Um, you know, the, the Merzuga has a lot more navigation. Merzuga like, does? Yeah, it's like a little bit more technical yeah but the the morocco one is more like a real rally a little bit really a little bit yeah and route of 40 is like mexico terrain smoother uh dubai is just a whole bunch of sand dunes sketchy sand dunes i think we're doing is abid abi one yeah okay i think that's that's, dubai oh it is dubai so that word i think that's on our list yeah so now like all right i got a question for you africa our Mazuga Rally to then the uh, Inca Rally versus Dakar as far as navigation will navigate. Will they make navigation harder on Dakar, or do you think it'll be like easier? Because like I feel that like there was some gnarly navigation on both of the rallies that I went to. Uh, Dakar is gonna. There's gonna be some spots that'll challenge you. I, it'll be one of those things where, like, you think you have all your shit together, and shit. and then and then the <laughs> next note. You're, you're lost. You can't find the w, the hidden waypoint. That's it happened. Uh, 2018 Dakar, mass start. We start on the beach. Ah, oh, perfect. We're mass start. Just a big group ride today. Dude, 180 k's in. We were all sitting in the dunes doing circles for 30 minutes. Everybody. Everybody. What was it? Just one dune over. It it was in the valley that we were in, but like one kilometer down. But no way. We were just doing circles. Yeah, it's wild. So oh. it's just little things. Like like I said, you you feel like you have it. You're driving good. You're driving smooth. Your navigator's on point. And then the One. next two notes, nothing's lining up. And you're just like, how the F did this happen <laughs> to us? Like you're just in the middle of the dunes and you feel so lost. Yeah. That's, see, that's what you like. Uh, the, the, the gnarliest thing is going through the dunes when there's, well, it's funny because like, Sit here going like, dude, we're you go out to Glamis and there's so many sand tracks everywhere that it's, there's whoops and lines ever. It's a disaster, and then you whatever. Then you go out here and there's not. You go in the big dunes, there's nothing like no tire tracks anywhere, and like like you said, like it could be bad or good. Then like once you're on point, you're having you're so stoked, you're coming into the finish line, boom, ten kilometers from the finish line, and all of a sudden like now there's like normal people driving because the dunes and then are smaller, you're lost. and now I'm lost. <laughs> like just. <laughs> It's funny you say that because now you're getting like you're in the Anxious, group. You're like, all oh yeah, you could see the finish line, like you could see everything, and you're oh you're coming in, and all of a sudden it's like he's telling you, oh they want us to go right, and then left, and you're going like, but yeah, it's but, there. Yeah, I can see it. And not only that, now there's tracks everywhere. It's like, are you sure that we're going right? Because dude, it, I mean, there's dune, there's people in, on the left side of that dune. That's the worst. Oh, dude, you see the finish line straight ahead, and you're like, dude, I, I see the finish line. I'm on top of the dunes. I'm picking the fastest way. Just before the finish, they want you to go to a hidden waypoint. Yep. That's, that's ex- way off. And now, like you said, there's tracks everywhere. And now you're just like, 
F, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why can't I? In Baja, I just go straight. Yeah. I would go right there. I can yeah. see it. <laughs> that is, uh, that's definitely one of those situations. That's and it's tough with the locals riding around for sure. The that, car, yeah. The car tracks. So, well, dude, uh, for everyone that wants to follow you, you got, I mean, are you going to be posting up or is the team going to be posting? Where could they, uh, if anyone wants to follow you race to car? Yeah. I, I usually just do my own posting on my personal Instagram, which is just Ricky Brabeck. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have anyone that does my <laughs> social media, but, uh, you know, I try the best I can. Obviously service is real spotty, but, um, you know, majority of the bivouacs I'll be posting, a photo and like a little mild uh, daily race report just because, you know, you want to keep the fans at home here. You know, uh, they don't see, they don't see everything. And that that way when you post on Facebook and Instagram, you can kind of tell them like what really happened throughout the day. So uh, people like that. They like photos. So yeah, I'll be posting as much as I can. Sick. All right. Well, everybody out there, uh, Ricky, thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you for uh, talking about Dakar. We are all anxious. It's it's literally less than two weeks away that we're flying out to Dakar. And, uh, yeah, we'll be posting up as well. I know you can watch it on uh, TV. There will be an, uh, at least a 30-minute episode or a TV episode every day. Uh, and they do feature uh, the Americans very well here in America. Yeah. And then uh, I'll, I'll look into the app, and we'll put it up on our social media and on our website as well because that would be rad to have the app to kind of get the updates at times. And then uh, – yeah, we'll be posting well. So thank you very much. We are uh, wrapping up episode nine of Where To Next.